1: Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs, across the world or across town. And now, the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper.
0: I hope you're having a good weekend, and I pray that worship's a part of that, has been or will be, according to when you're listening to Exploring Missions, because we are heard at different times during the weekend, so we hope you enjoy it. And if you want to hear more, we do have the podcast. You can go to that and, and go to ExploringMissions, and podcast and find that. So it might bless you. Well, today, Nathan, you and I are going to interview someone that I've been looking forward to for quite some time. I asked her uh, a few weeks ago, would you mind being interviewed for Exploring Missions? And it's Joy Lucius. She works at the AFA Journal, a writer. Yes. A good writer. I enjoy uh, her writing. You. I think it's uh, because it's so family friendly. And uh, the Screen Door article is the one <laughs> that really she wrote an article several, probably a year or so ago now about the screen door and your grandmother saying, keep that uh, screen door shut.
2: In or out. In make or make out. up your mind.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've heard that a few times
0: in my life. <laughs> And her husband also works here. We've got a, quite a few couples that work at AFA, AFR, and it's her husband, Randy, who's a great guy, good friend, and uh, showing me all the, the works he does. He's got yes. a good hobby, and uh, he, he shows me his handiwork, and he looks great.
2: He to work in that shop.
0: And he does a good job. And Nathan, when I asked joy to be on the program, I had no idea of the connection between she and you would you mind
1: sharing that yeah several years ago we won't try to figure <laughs> out how many
2: It was 1992
1: uh, okay <laughs> so I was uh, I was a freshman at Carver High School in Tupelo Mississippi and in ninth grade and I had a uh, in English class and I can't even say your first name. I have to say Miss Lucius.
2: <laughs> That's so right.
1: Miss Lucius was a student teacher.
2: That's correct. That
1: year, but she did bring joy to the classroom.
2: <laughs> so that you Everyone loved
1: Miss Lucius. Yeah.
2: You can call me Miss Joy. Okay. That'd be alright. Well,
0: <laughs> I. You did good, Nathan. Uh Knows English. My wife and I. Knows loosely. 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 Well, (laughs) compared to your dad, you are uh, an expert. Uh, When I turn uh, something that I've written into someone over there in the editing department, red marks are all (laughs) over it. And the things that I get right. I don't know why they're right. I just know that they've been corrected so many times I get them right. So this is the guy. The guy that makes his living speaking uh, made single digits on the ACT in the English area. That's that's God good? God is amazing that he could do someone like that. Well, the reason we're interviewing you is because this is exploring missions, and, and we talk about it, the introduction, doing missions around the world, Or down the street, next door, but it also may be in a location, in a place that God calls you that is not as friendly to the Christian faith as it once was. Now what we're talking about, not joy working at AFA Journal and it not being friendly, but we're talking about your previous vocation and we already talked about student teaching. Has things I want to ask you one question and I want you to tell your story. Had things changed between when you started and when it ended concerning i would say the friendliness toward christianity
2: i would say that in the 23 years that i taught that it, there was no there were noticeable differences but in the area of the country that we live in we are very blessed to to have a, probably a little more freedom to express who we are in Christ, and probably other places. But I always just felt like that it was a mission field, and God had called me there. It really wasn't my first choice. I'm sorry, Nathan. It wasn't my (laughs) first choice, but God directed me there. He convicted me to go there. And I felt like if I did what He called me to do, that He would keep me there until it was time for me to leave. So I really never worried about that aspect of it. I really never did.
0: And so God was able to use you where you were.
2: He did. I
0: believe he does that. If you look at the Old Testament especially, you'll find God using some men and women in strategic locations in anti-God
1: government. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in a lot of ways, many places here in the U.S. are similar to places overseas. You know, in some places overseas, what we would call the 1040 window, we've talked about that many times here on this program. Workers, gospel workers, missionaries, have to kind of work a little bit undercover. (laughs) They use creative access ways of entering into the country legally and staying there. And we're not saying that they're not bold with the gospel, but they have to be, you know, wise and discerning about times and places and how they they share the gospel. Or, you know, they might be deported or we've even seen other cases where they're imprisoned and even martyred for their gospel witness. Not maybe to that extent, but you can see hints of a similarity to that in, in some public school systems where Christian teachers have to really carefully go about sharing the gospel and being a witness. Yeah, so there's 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 some similarities in that. Joy, I want you to tell your story about your salvation and how you felt like
0: God called you into doing what you're doing.
2: Well, first of all, I have to say the word creative is the word I would think that all teachers have to use to be able to share Christ. And so maybe that's why he called me, because I'm pretty creative coming up with new ideas and probably things that are a little bit on the edge. But when I was about 11, the Lord just really impressed upon me at that early age that, that he had a plan and purpose for my life. And so I became a Christian. And all during high school, I worked in our local Baptist church. I love the Baptist denomination for one reason, because they are so good at training young people to work and to do their, their part. So I Of course, as a teenager, you got to work with the younger kids. So I got to teach. And so very quickly, I discovered that I liked teaching. And that's pretty much what I did all through high school, working with kids at at church, Sunday school, Bible school, wherever they needed me. And then as I got older, I really and truly wanted to become a lawyer. I loved studying history. I loved studying case laws. It was just so intriguing to me. And so that's what I intended to do with my life. And I dreamed that dream for a long time. I got married. My husband helped put me through school with the intention of going to law school. But my daddy, who is a principal, kept saying, go ahead and just get an English education degree. You can go to law school with that just as easily. And then if you ever decide you don't want to be a lawyer, you can be a professor. So I did. And um, my senior year, right before I met you, Nathan, um, we were getting ready for practice teaching, and I went to Blue Mountain College, and it's a very small, private Christian institute, and the professors know you, they love you, and they have a mission field too, and I was one of their missions. (laughs) And so one day I went to to school, to college, and um, I was a grown woman. I had two kids, and I had been convicted for quite some time, and that morning, my husband took me to work, and he let me out. He was going to get my car worked on, and I very quickly opened the door, and I told him, God is convicting me. He wants me to teach, and he says, if you'll allow me to teach, that he'll bless you, and he'll bless me, and I slammed the door and left.
0: So cuz I knew he Just had let worked yeah, cuz like I that. knew
2: he had worked so hard to put me through college and was excited about me going to law school and helping him and um, so I went to class and I sat down and the professor walked in and her name was Dr. Cheryl Settlemyers. and she began to talk and and all of a sudden she stopped in front of my desk and she said that's it I can't do it anymore I cannot do it. And my husband said, don't come home. He's tired of sleepless nights to tell you. And so she said, so Joy, Lucius, I'm telling you, you you're not a lawyer. You're a teacher. God has called you to it. Now do it. And I just burst out crying because she had no idea what I had just told my husband. And so from that point on, I knew what I was called to do, and I did it. And I didn't always love the actual (laughs) aspect of it, but I knew that He was in it, and it was a mission field, and all—not all mission fields are easy. So,
1: you know, that reminds me of being confirmed before two or three witnesses, for sure. And I will say that, also attending Blue Mountain College, not as an English major, but knowing many English majors and knowing some of the professors there, I would say English, getting an English degree at Blue Mountain College, is pretty much. On the difficulty scale, equivalent <laughs> to a law degree somewhere else.
2: It probably is. Dr. Betty Hearn made sure we all knew what we were doing. Dr.
0: Betty. I went to Blue Mountain College, too, <laughs> and uh, Dr. Betty loved me because I didn't have to have she didn't have to have <laughs> me in her class and uh, so i praise the lord for that and
2: you were one of those preacher boys she said don't come in my room again preacher well i'm
0: telling you (laughs) i was i was a good candidate but she loved me and jan was a good student so she that's my wife and so she loved me through jan and i thank god for that joy you you felt god calling you so you were prepared and then the opportunity came tell us a little bit about the journey you can be specific to the schools as you want okay. but tell us about your journey in this teaching missional field.
2: Well, as a as the daughter of a principal and my everyone I knew taught, I mean everybody I knew taught. It was probably like you being a preacher's yeah. kid, you knew all the preachers in in town and you knew their families and so I knew all the teachers I, I had I had I was very well versed in what being a teacher was going to entail. So I kind of, I just said, okay, Lord, where do you want me to go? So when you put down for your practice teaching positions, you just, you put down, I think they give you like three to five choices. So I put down places close to home and I got your school, Carver, which was um, here in Tupelo. And I got probably at that time, the most prestigious writing teacher in the state of Mississippi, which was Ms. Jane Talbert. And so it was just from day one, it was a God thing. And um, Carver was like a little world all to itself. It's not a high school here anymore when they merged all the high schools together. And we have a huge Tupelo High School. Um, So I was the last practice teacher. So I got the first position when they opened the new high school. I was offered that first job, so I walked into a brand-new classroom in a state-of-the-art facility, and I just, I began to teach ninth-grade English, and all the teachers there knew me because I had practice taught under them, and they took care of me, and they mentored me, and they they helped me, and it just, uh, even though there were 1,800 to 2,000 students a year, it was home to me. And I made from day one, God impressed upon me that I there was no way I was going to be able to learn 2,000 kids' names, but I could stand in the hall between classes and just say hi and have a good day, and how are you, and you're going to make it, it's all right, and so that's what I would do, and they had, at that time, they got four minutes between classes and there was no way to get from one building to the next. So I really felt like that was my mission field, to just encourage those kids that you can do this, you can make it, this is big, this is new, but you're going you're gonna to succeed. And so I tell people all the time, I know in my heart I was not the best English teacher that ever existed, but I felt like I was there to just be mama and just to love on kids. And um, that's what I tried to do.
0: I will never forget this. I've told you my English heritage is not so good, but I I took English in college. I went to Northeast Junior College, which is here in Northeast Mississippi. And my teacher was Miss Martin, who we went to the same church together. She was my mother's Sunday school teacher. And so everybody wanted Miss Martin because she was by far the best teacher that they had up there. And so it was time to sign up. And everybody said, well, what English teacher are you going to get? And I said, I'm going to get Ms. Martin. And they said, how'd you get her? And I said, she asked me to be in her class. (laughs) And so what happened, Joy, this is great. I don't know if I've told you this story, Nathan, but we were reading a story in English and she was explaining how it worked in English, but it was about someone changing in their life being changed. And she said, Bert. Can someone's life be changed? And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, well, tell us how someone's life can change. (laughs) And she got me to lead the class in how to be saved right there in front of the whole class in in a junior college. And she said, now, can anybody have that change in their life? And I said, yes, ma'am, they can. And she said, Bert, have you had that change in your life? I said, yes, ma'am, I have. And uh, so it was right there. It took up half of the class. To explain, <laughs> but it was right in line with, with what, what was being was taught. Teaching, say yeah, She was creative. Yes, she was. She was talking about changing. And so God is able to do such things and use creative ways He really into, is. into reaching these kids.
2: Speci- especially in the field of literature and writing. It's just a perfect, perfect venue, a perfect segue. You have to be intentional with what you pick to teach. And in some school districts that's not possible you're told what books to read and you have to be everyone kind of has to be on the same page but even in that I've I've been in those situations too where everybody had to read the same literature the same books but you can be intentional and you can be creative because very quickly I've told you this before I always recognize when kids walked into my room within a few weeks you could pretty much tell which kids were Christians and which kids were not. Sometimes you were fooled, but usually their behavior and their speech let you know pretty quickly. And you could, you could just kind of ask one of those kids a question, you know, what do you think about this? Or what does that mean to you in your life? And if you ask the right questions, you'll get the right answers. And it just gives other kids an opportunity to think and to examine. And just a lot of kids, I tell my kids all the time, I didn't know that I had a great life until I went off to college and went. My husband was in the Air Force and we went other places. And I realized what a great upbringing I had had. But until then, I didn't know. And there's so many kids sitting in those classrooms who have never seen a Christ like environment. They've never witnessed an adult that lived out and walked the walk with with Jesus. So just in your everyday Demeanor. My son's a coach. And just in the way you handle bad things on the field that happen, your kids are watching you and they can learn from you. And it doesn't have to be a sermon, it can just be you being Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory.
0: You know, as pastor, one of the things that we would ask in training what do you say when you go to the funeral of someone who has lost a loved one that was grievously hard? And they would say, "Well, there's nothing you can say, but you can be there." And I'm hearing part of that, and it's a ministry of presence of God in the classroom. Now, again, it's we're we are saying, "I wished it was like it was when I was in elementary school." I mean, we prayed. The third grade teacher, you had to memorize a Bible (laughs) verse every (laughs) week. Or you didn't get to go to, uh, you know, to recess. My brother tried to do Jesus wept two weeks <laughs> in a row, and it did not work. And uh, Miss Callie Bruce caught him. And so we recognize it's not the same. We recognize it is more difficult today. But to castigate all of the public school teachers and put them in a
1: category of nearly like the Antichrist is is yeah. is not good. We need to realize that God is still at work. And where do you find better growth, like speaking biologically or like with a plant or something? Well, usually where there's better fertilizer, where there's there, there's more junk in the soil where things can grow. Well, maybe, you know, you could look at a public school situation that way. Where can the light shine the brightest? Where there's a, in a darker environment. So, we need to also realize that yes, it's not the same as it used to be, but it can be even better. It can be a great really place can. for for the gospel to be heard and proclaimed.
0: Well, I found this out, and let me make this comparison, and I use it with Nathan. For me, as a believer, coming out of the '60s in in northeast Mississippi, it was just a bunch of good guys that went to church but we had not had to stand for our faith. It was just automatic. You know, I was a believer. I went to church. Uh, Most of my friends do, and, you know, there's some that did not, but the influence was still there. When you came along, Nathan, it was still all right. It's even more difficult today, but I admired you as a teenager for the stand that you were taking in school because you did not have the support that that I had. I mean, when I grew up, guess what I watched on television? Father knows best. Leave it to Beaver. The Andrew Griffith Show. All of them. They not only were entertaining; they taught morals. I, I also the education system. Guess what we learned? Dick, Jane, and Sally, and Mom and Dad. The every, whole family. The unit. whole family was always there. And everything we had, the neighborhood, the church, the school, uh, Wednesday night, the only thing we had on Wednesday night at school that would compete with with church was once a year, a tournament that would start on Wednesday night. And so the church took, and they worked together so we could have it some other time so it wouldn't put the children, the youth at a balance. We're, we are living in a different time, but still, still, and I'm not one of those, okay, wished it was still that way. Yeah, I understand that. But the students that are coming out are, I believe, have a stronger faith when they have survived that. That's when they have. And then the teachers who are called have to be a great creative person,
1: and it really influences people to have a godly person in that classroom. Yeah, I mean, like like you were saying, the just your presence of bringing encouragement, bringing joy, timely word. But I would say... And as a student, I didn't recognize this. (laughs) Now that I'm a parent and I have students, I have my own children in in public school currently. I'm thankful for teachers who also pray, who pray for the the students that they have. As a student, you don't recognize that's going on behind the scenes, but I'm sure you prayed so many hours for you.
2: You do, and God wakes you up. He still wakes me up with... It'll be the strangest thing you will have not thought of. I mean, I taught for 23 years and you'll wake up with the name of a child who's now, you know, 30 years old, 30 something years old on your mind. And you'll think, Lord, I've not I have not thought of that person in, in years, but he wants you to pray for him. And I just admire young teachers who go into the profession today as a ministry because they're competing with social media they're competing with a world an instantaneous world where third graders know more than you probably did in the ninth grade about the world outside our little surrounding and so it's it's a hard place to be and it is hard for kids to stand up for what they believe and to be a witness and i just i admire teachers and i i say this all the time in all my years, I saw very few teachers who weren't there because they all, each of them, loved children, and they felt like that's what they were called to do. There were some that weren't, but you know what? They didn't last long because they realized that wasn't their calling. That's
0: like preachers. <laughs> uh, yes. uh, if you haven't have the call of God on your life, you're not going to last long. No,
2: you're not, because yeah. it is a, a hard, hard world. And those kids now, when I and I used to tell them this, you know, when. One day you're not going to remember. I hope you remember participles and I hope you remember Shakespeare and I hope you remember all the things that I taught you. But I think you're going to remember more how I treated you and how how we treat each other. And they do. I mean, if you've taught long and you go places and you see those kids they always laugh and tell their kids, you know, "Oh, this is Miss Lucia. She was so sweet." And I think, no, you probably shouldn't have. Seen, you know, ten years later, I might not have been quite that easygoing and sweet.
0: I will tell you my favorite English teacher story. I, uh, a pastor's wife here in northeast Mississippi, I was preaching a revival for them, and she taught English at a local school. And during that week, they had a reunion, and. One of the, his her old uh, students came up to the reunion and introduced his wife to her, and she said, "Oh, missus So and So, I uh, this is my wife." And he said to his wife, "This is my English teacher. She learned me everything I ever <laughs> know about it." And uh, I said. That wasn't me, but it could have been. <laughs> been. And and so what you said, they may not know what a participle is. I still struggle. Okay, what <laughs> what is the Glad adjective it, in I the was. adverb? What I after e except after c or whatever the thing goes, except for certain words, recipe or something like that. I forgot which one. There are exceptions, but uh, there are so many exceptions. But I, I did want to ask this: when when people say play for the public school teachers. What would you appreciate people praying for you?
2: Well, I think that you should pray for their safety because it, it, it is a place where the world is changing. I think you should pray that God will give them strength to do what he's called them to do, because on a day-to-day basis, you're looking at testing constantly. You've got to keep up with those scores. you got to keep up with all the, the laws, the things that are required of you and need to be done. That's your job. That's what you're getting paid for. And so those things begin to weigh you down on a daily basis. When you think about having, I had 150 kids, or you think about a homeroom teacher who has 25 kids with 25 different personalities every day for 180-something days a year, and she has to meet all their needs, just pray for them, for the Lord to strengthen her and empower them and just to let them know that he does have them right where he wants them, and let them know that it matters. Because sometimes in the day-to-day things, just like I'm sure it is as a preacher, you just think, Lord, is this really, does it matter? In the scheme of things, is what I'm doing, is it going to matter? And then you have a day like I did Christmas before last. It was my last year teaching, and I had a free period, so they were getting ready for the teacher Christmas party and they sent me to town to go get the the stuff that had been prepared for us and so I went and picked it up and on the way it was drizzling rain and freezing cold and I saw this kid on the side of the road this young man walking on the side of the road and it's wet and I thought oh goodness and and then I looked at him and I realized I know that kid I know him he's about your age and so I wheeled my car around and I came back around, and I, I thought, what am, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing? And I picked, I stopped and, and got out, and he ran to me. And he was like, Miss Lucius, Miss Lucius. And he needed help at that moment. And at that moment in time, I realized that we're not there to save them. We're just there to love them in the name of Christ.
0: Amen. Joy, thank you. Nathan? How you like your, your your teacher from a long time back? I will give
2: you an A plus, Nathan.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. It's
1: probably the only one I've I've gotten.
0: <laughs> thank you for listening to Exploring Missions today. Our guest has been Joy Lucius. She's a writer for the FA Journal. If you get the FA Journal, you can check her out. She writes an article just about every month. Yes, and I'm sure you'll enjoy them the way I do as well. Again, thank you for being thank with us. Thank you for having me. Pray for your teachers. Pray Amen. for your teachers. No matter what school. Pray for those public school teachers that they will represent Christ. This is Exploring Missions. Be on mission for God.